0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of Between Two Tackles. Ooh, double digits. Let's go, fellas. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, are my two good friends, Ray Volo and Dean Montalbano. Um, Unfortunately, our live two-round mock that we did on Friday was not saved and will not be available via Twitch or your podcast services, but the results will be posted on our Twitter, so check out the results. Let us know what you think. However, from now on, we will be live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. on Twitch Um, so check out our Twitch channel at between two tackles. Um, and the audio will obviously be available the day after on Thursdays. So we're really looking forward to that. In today's episode, we'll be going through our division previews again. And we're looking at the AFC South, arguably the weakest division in the NFL. Um, so a lot of draft implications there. And then we are going to turn our attention to the interior offensive line group. Um, a couple of good guys at the top and then, uh, some mid round guys that we're gonna go over as well, fellas. How are we feeling?
1: Feel great. A little upset that we weren't able to post on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Obviously, our two round mock because I feel like it went great uh, for what I remember of it at least. Yeah, Definitely. I think
0: it went think great for. Our, I think it went great for me and Ray. You, uh you struggled. I think sometimes <laughs> but you fucking left <laughs> early, bro. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up disrespectful. <laughs> <It was> disrespectful. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that. I think that's revisionist <laughs> history, but yeah, no, ex- excited for AFC South because when teams fucking suck, they have a lot of draft capital and yes, they, they do, do a lot of shit in the offseason. So we have a lot to talk about and I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Right. How are we doing? I'm pumped, man.
2: You know, first live stream done successful. Tenth app total. Got a hundred followers now. You know, we're fucking baby steps, boys, baby steps.
0: Yeah. We're, uh. We're doing something nice for that 100th follower. I forget who it was. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Shut up. B- big shout out. I think it was like RZ something. I mean, uh,
1: we flew through 100, guys. We're at like 140. Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know if we're that high, but um, no, not, BTT not. to the moon. So hop on now if you don't want to get left behind. Um, So let's get right into it. So we are going in record order, Ray. Jesus let's go. Christ um so we're gonna start with the tennessee titans um the number one team in the afc last year heading into the playoffs which was crazy um they have seven picks going into this draft they're picking at 26 some areas of needs linebacker help they could use another wide receiver some interior offensive line and some secondary help um, don't have much left for them uh, but we'll see if they make any late moves um, some key losses for them. Roger Saffolong along that offensive line and Jayon Brown also left to Vegas in that linebacker group. They were able to add Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Jamarco Jones, and they retained Dylan Cole. A um, couple guys that are still out there. Julio is likely gone. Uh, he's still out there though. Uh, Janoris Jenkins and Rashawn Evans is also still a free agent. So we'll see what happens there for the Titans. And we got Ray here. Ray. Talk me through Tennessee and what they're doing this offseason, especially coming off a season that they were the number one team in the AFC.
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're a number one team is kind of uh, weird looking back on it, I feel like. I don't Definitely. Know if me. Uh, they got a few holes to fill, though, and they don't have that second-round pick anymore. I, I forget how they what they gave it up for, but um, they only pick uh, 26, and then the next pick's not until 90. So this is a range where I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to uh, move back and uh, acquire a little bit more assets just based on the range they're in. Um, I know we said the offensive line is definitely in need. Uh, they cut Saffold for cap. He's in Buffalo now. Uh, I think Quisenberry was their starting right tackle last year, but I don't think he's on the roster anymore. I think he's still a free agent. I don't know. If I think did. he is
0: still he's still a free agent yeah, as well. I think agent. they were moving. Uh, I think they have uh, – who do they have? The guy they drafted – Two years yeah, ago, uh,
2: Dylan, year. yeah, we're, yeah, how do you pronounce it? Redunes, North Dakota State, I think. Yeah, Dylan
1: Radens. Yeah. I think it goes by.
2: I, w- I really want to see who's right on that one, but I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's well, had he had team a, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna assume, could uh, be, I'm gonna assume I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I, you know, broken clocks, are right? Twice a day, right? But, um, I mean, so they have Dylan Radunes, uh, he can, I think he's like a swing, he can be a guard or a uh, tackle to fill one of those voids, but. I mean, that 25, what are they picking? 25, 26, 26, that range is, it's going to be tight. This, I mean, I'm assuming the top four tackles at least are gone. And then I wouldn't even be surprised if the top three interior guys are gone in, I mean, we'll get to those later, but um, it's a weird spot. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move down and attack that like secondary tier of offensive linemen in the second, and then also gain some more capital fill their other needs. Um, like uh, I know you said wide receiver too. I mean, people are starting to speculate AJ Brown's going to be moved. I don't, I, I think it's kind of a little bit overreaction based on how the office has been going. People are just going to expect everyone to get dealt, but
0: I mean, I think they didn't pay Corey Davis last year to make sure they had enough cap space to pay AJ yeah. Brown, but it seems like all these, <laughs> these young wide receivers, especially with the Christian Kirk deal. Now the wide receiver market has exploded and, who the fuck knows all these guys. It's like the NBA. Now everybody's trying to get this deal. They're fucking leaving. Yeah.
2: Um, So, I mean, I think even if he stays, wide receiver could be a a need later on in the draft, maybe one of those day three picks. But uh, I think early on, I wouldn't, I think they're going to have to address that line and just kind of steer back into what they're known for, which is just ground and pound on and just solid defense. Uh, So I would, I mean, I don't think the top linebackers in Lloyd and, um, Dean. Dean are like going to be the best fits for Tennessee's defense. I could see them like trying to attack that later on in the, uh, the draft too. So I think I'd look for offensive line if one of those top guys fell.
0: Yeah, Dean. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, obviously, we've seen Tyler Smith get kind of mocked to them a lot for uh, recently, especially, and I could see that if they don't like Radens. Uh, I know he has it, you know, outside versatility, as Ray said, but. If they go tackle there, I kind of just wanted to harp on someone I love for them in the third, if, if he's there, and I feel like he can, is Calvin Austin. If he could come in, the speedy receiver, and play slot with Bob Woods on one side and A.J. Brown on the other, I think they have another. Uh, listen, I like this team. I liked them going into last year, and I know it didn't look pretty, but they're still a good team, and Julio was not helping. A.J. Brown is still a beast you assume he's going to be healthier this season. I love Calvin Austin and love Bobby Trees. So, I think they have a shot to kind of, you know, run the gamut on this horrible AFC South again. I'd be shocked if they didn't win it.
0: Sounds like you just went through puberty with that. Ray, right. did you get the same, like, Mike feedback as I did? Not
2: really, but, I mean, he has a weird voice to begin with, so uh-huh.
0: – I don't know what happened. It might be my computer, but like Dean's voice just dropped like six octaves. It's like he literally went from like fifth grade to like seventh grade. And my man, like he's got an slaughter. But um, <laughs> but I'm kind of in the same camp with you guys, especially with Ray. That those four offensive tackles are likely gone, and those three guards are maybe gone. Maybe they have a shot at I think at like a, at like a Zion or. Kenny Green, like, may they may still maybe. be around there, but I also think the secondary needs a ton of work. I mean, they drafted Caleb Farley last year, um, even with all the injury concern and he tore his ACL last year. Um, really unfortunate. He's a good player, but just can't stay on the field. And then if Janoris is gone too, like, the secondary is really, really thin. So, maybe I mean, they we'll just the back end for a corner. I don't know. They invested.
2: They've invested a lot of picks into that. Um, the secondary yeah, though, like they
1: invested a ton. Christian kind of like it.
2: This was a second yeah. round pick two years ago. Elijah I'm Molden, he's the their slot. He was a third round pick. Farley, like we said, he was in the first. I mean, you can never rule it out, but they've invested a lot in there. Where I think they kind of just had to let them develop. And I really think uh, off uh the line where's going to go where they're going to look early, and then defensive front uh, a little later on. Oh, one. That's what I was actually thinking about before. One name I like to throw out. Um, uh, what you call it for like a th- their third round pick if he falls yeah. there? Uh, Majay Sanders. I think I would love his fit with this team. He just reminds me of a Vrabel guy. Uh, versatile, can be. He's a team first dude. He played out of position in Cincinnati. I think Vrabel would have a lot of fun with him in uh, on that defensive front.
0: Yeah, get them in a little rotation. They they still got they still got some dudes who can who can get after the quarterback. I mean, they signed Harold Landry to that huge deal. I th- I still think Bud Depree is is on that team. He's a decent player. Yep. Yeah, and obviously yeah, Harold I mean, Landry's
1: that dude.
0: Jeffrey Simmons in the, in the middle. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's gonna be it's an interesting it's an interesting spot for the Titans. I feel like this is kind of kind of all or nothing for them. Yeah. Because the AFC the AFC is fucking loaded. Their division's super weak. Um, so they probably they likely win the division um with Indianapolis, but um, Tannehill's I don't know. I'm I've never been a huge Tannehill guy, but he he does get you to the playoffs for the for the past two years, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I don't see them looking quarterback in this draft. I think that they don't like, either. like you said, I think that they're it's a win now. Like you gotta help, gotta get people who contribute and help Tan Hill. Like whether that's the right move or not for the future, you just gotta do it.
0: Right. I, I wasn't saying so much drafting a quarterback. Um, I was just saying that this team needs to make moves for for now. Yeah. This this team is in win mode, especially with with Derrick Henry getting hurt last year. And like I mean, we always say four hundred carries, four hundred carries a year doesn't do you any good. Um, so we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts also have seven picks, um, do not have a first-round pick. That went to Philly with the Carson Wentz trade. Um, They were really strapped for draft capital, too, until they traded Wentz to Washington, and they got back a two and a three. They would have had nothing um, in the first three rounds. Um, So a team that is really needs to hit on these picks, Um, some secondary help they could use. They could use another offensive tackle, wide receiver help for sure. Um, and maybe somebody to help out Darius Leonard in that linebacker group. They still have 22 million in cap. So we'll see if anything comes of that. Um, not too many notable losses. Zach Paschal went to Philly and Mark Lozanowski along that offensive line left. Um, and obviously the big quarterback swap, not swap, but once um, and Matt Ryan is in. So we'll see how the Matt Ryan era is in Indianapolis a few guys who are still left out there for Indianapolis, Eric Fisher, who I think they'll get a deal done. I don't know, but I, he played well for them last year at left tackle. So I think they would like to retain their left tackle. T.Y. Hilton, Xavier Rhodes, and Marlon Mack all still set to hit the free agent market. To um, so Dean, what do you like for Indy here? This is a team that was on the rise and people thought Carson Wentz was going to take them over the top. Obviously, that did not happen. So now they're praying for Matt Ryan to take them over the top, which. Honestly, I'm a little skeptical about.
1: Yeah, no, you touched honestly on most of it. I would say to recap their, you know, their offseason, you really only need to say one thing. It's Matty Ice Time down in Indy, which you basically touched on. You know me, though. You know, I'm probably going to talk a lot more than I should. But other than that, they do. Like you said, they were able to scrounge up and get seven picks thanks to that wench trade. Uh, but sadly, none in the first, only two in the top 100. And besides Matty Ice, I think they only signed, like, Mike Glowninski, Glenn, um, the guard, to possibly be a starter, but potentially be even just a depth piece if they, uh, it, if they like, a prior there.
2: They got Yannick Igakwe, too. That is in for Yannick, trade him. They got to help oh, yes.
1: Yeah, so, well, uh, I'm just talking signings-wise. Oh, yeah. okay. That was yes. a very good trade for them. I like that. Yes, they they were able to get it get Yannick, but on the free agent front, they, they didn't really do anything else besides that. You know, they you went over the losses. Really, that like I said, there's not much to say. They have a they still have a really good team. And if Maddie Ice can you know pull off some miracles with Pittman, hopefully Paris Campbell is healthy for the first time in his life, and they just go nuts and run it with Jonathan Taylor. And he just goes off again. But uh, I, I mean, I do have two guys that I love at 42 and 73 for them. And I think would be instant impact starters and pot- potentially help them, you know, bring up a, a surprise season. And that would be probably sky Moore, 42, which I, I believe he'll be there. A lot of people are starting to mock him higher, a little speedy receiver to uh pair with Pittman, I feel like would be perfect. And then, you know, we like this guy here on BTT, and I think he'll probably still be at 73, which is crazy in my opinion. But Abraham Luke Lucas out of Washington State would be awesome for them. Maybe not the perfect scheme fit as far as obviously running the ball. He's not the best, you know, run blocker and prospect that of probably be in this area, but has great, great prowess and experience in pass pro, which they'll need to do to help Matt Ryan and keep sure he's standing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think Abe Lucas, you know, like you said, maybe not the best scheme fit, but going to this offensive line with these vet, with some of these veterans. I mean, offensive line is collective, so it's collaboration. So I think he'll be he able listens. to. He would definitely be able to fit in seamlessly. Um, I think I really like a guy like Kyler Gordon, maybe at a uh, at forty two. I know he's going to f- start to fall a little bit. Didn't really test that well. Um, but I think in their defensive scheme, they like to be extremely physical with their corners and their secondary um, and let that pass rush get after it. So I would love him there, honestly, for them. I think that would be a steal, honestly, at 42. I think the the numbers don't tell everything about Kyler Gordon. Ray, what do you think with with, uh, with Indy? I mean, I think it starts at left tackle. They got to they gotta do
2: something there. I mean, like you said, Fisher's still out there. I think it just makes too much sense. You have the money. But – I will say this about Indy: they are one of the best-run organizations. They always have flexibility. They're a little light on uh, draft capital now, which makes it a little uh, interesting. Just because they have some, they have some holes. Kyler Gordon would be good at 42, but I do think they need if they if they don't get Fisher, you gotta get a tackle in there, and um, they also need weapons. Par- like I mean, Paris Campbell, my boy, but hasn't stayed healthy. Kind of, I think he's he's a good he could be a good piece on like jet sweeps and taking the top off the defense with that speed but you got to get a true route runner in there opposite of Michael Pittman who can make some shit happen.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really assuming that they bring Fisher back. Um, I think the, the majority of their cap that they have left is going to go to him because um, I don't know if you want to bring in a guy at, at 43 or maybe draft a guy in the third round and bring him in to be your starting left tackle. Yeah, they, um, I, it's not a good idea. Who knows? Um, but we will see. This is a new new stop for uh, for Matty Ice. So the uh, the Atlanta ride is over, sadly. But we'll see Matty Ice in the uh, in the AFC South. All right. So we'll move on to the worst two teams in this division and teams that honestly have large impact. On this draft, we're looking at the Houston Texans right now. They have 11 picks. They're picking at three, and then they pick at 13 from the Browns with that Deshaun Watson trade. Um, this team needs everything, honestly. Besides Edge, this team needs everything. Um, they still have $22 million in cap, so we'll see if they have any late additions. Um, the key loss is obviously Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll see what happens with his civil lawsuits, but he is now a Cleveland Brown. Justin Reed went to Kansas City. Jake Martin, Royce Freeman, and Tyrod Taylor are all gone. They were able to bring in A.J. Can uh, to help shore up that offensive line at the guard spot. And Jalen Reeves-Maven, um, a few guys that are left out there for them, Marcus Cannon, David Johnson, Eric Wilson. Um, so, Ray, talk to me about Houston. What do you like at three? What do you like at 13? Um, they have five picks in the top 80, so – this is a team that should be on the up and up. I think Davis Mills had a good year last year. We all seem to like him. Um, so what do you think for Houston?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is a loaded class um, and they, they just need foundational pieces. I mean, I know you said they don't really need edge. Do they? Not, I think they do need edge. Do they not? Do they? Not? Oh, I
0: said they need every, I said they need everything.
2: Oh, I thought you said everything besides that. I was going to say like, Oh I think no, they no, need no, everything. no, Yeah. I think they need edge too. Um, but 30, I have edge
0: listed. I have edge listed as their number one. Oh,
2: okay. Well, okay. Maybe that's what you said. <laughs> Word um, but I think at three, you got I think they just had so much trouble uh, running the ball. They have a rookie. They had a, a second-year quarterback now who even he showed promise. So I think you got to protect him, keep him upright, and help him the best way you can, that's by establishing a running game. So I think uh, Evan Neal and Iquanu at uh, three make too much sense. I think I'm personally an Evan Neal guy. I love the versatility, and I think he's going to be a really, 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 really solid tackle for a long time. Um, but you can't go wrong with either of those tackles up at three. And then they need an entirely new secondary. And I think uh, 13, you very well could get a, a one of the top two who have all pro potential, in my opinion, in Stingley or Sauce. Sauce probably going to be gone. Um, but I, I would love sting, a, a combination of like Evan Neal and uh, Stingley in that first round. And then on day two, maybe look to uh, adjust the running back position because. They just re-signed Burkhead and they brought in that guy. Um, what's his name? Someone with an O. Uh, uh, Dari
0: Dari Gumbuale. I'm Not gonna try. The last
2: yeah, time. yeah. I was to say, Yeah, it's a,
1: it's um, a <laughs> Yeah. So they oh, can good use, player from the Jags, though.
2: Yeah, but they could They need. They need a bell cow. They need someone who can um, uh, like just even just someone three down versatility. I would love um Cook there. I think that'd be a good fit. in like the third round. Just give. Um give Davis Mills a couple some weapons and protect them.
0: Yeah, Dean, what about you?
1: No, I totally agree. Uh sorry, Mr. Biggs is doing some crazy stuff in the background, so it's kind of throwing me off my game. But I, I think it starts on that that old line. I don't care that Tunzel's still there. He will not be there next year, most likely. Right. And-
0: they restructured his deal, so. I think it's
1: just one year, but they have an opt out for next year, and then the second year is not favorable for them, I believe. So I feel like it'll probably be an opt out, considering that this is obviously a rebuild. Just I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. I could, I could lose my lunch easily. Um, what does that mean? It's a common term, Ray. Come on. Can you de-
2: can you define it? I've never heard that before. I don't know what it means. I don't even have a guess. Jesus I think you may have called their team fat. That's what I. Was, that's the first thing I thought.
1: No, lose my lunch, like puke, like I'm gonna vomit.
2: Oh, okay. Word,
1: lose okay. my lunch. Jesus Christ, right? But <laughs> <laughs> they they desperately need to completely revitalize that just whole defense. I feel like it's not doing it justice to stop it secondary. I mean, it's just brutal. Uh, it's actually laughable. So three thirteen need to be slam dunk. They need to. And I totally agree. Evan Neal Icky at three. And then with their second pick, I, I would love you know one of the top corners. I don't care who you got there. Uh, Stingley would be perfect. If Sauce was, went to them, it'd be an absolute yeah. dream. What about Kyle Dude, Hamilton? Just, I was
0: just about to say, what if Kyle Hamilton falls there? And let's say I mean, let's say sauce, let's say day. sauce is gone. You take you take Hamilton or you take Stingley?
2: I guess that just comes down to what, I, mean, uh, I would lean
1: Hamilton because it's Romeo. I'm not huge on Stingley, but it's just it's just best player available. It just it, this is team draft good players. If they're not draft good players, it's it's actually appalling.
0: Yeah, I can't I even could, look
1: at the scene much longer.
0: I could definitely see them trading out of thirteen. Mm-hmm.
1: They need to, they need to acquire picks. They need as much pick. as possible. Uh, I heard, I heard, I forgot who said it, but someone who's close with uh, the Texans, they, you know, ear down to the ground. They they said that wide receiver is not going to be something they address in this draft. I mean, they have like a Deshaun Hamilton, who I like, good player, uh, Chris Conley, and then obviously Brandon cooks. But uh, I guess you can cross that out of being what they, you know, going to go after.
2: I think when you have such a big need up front, like you yeah. have to focus on that first. Let- on both
1: sides. Yeah. Trenches. Trenches keep the, all day. Keep just, the best, quarterback, just best player available.
2: Keep the quarterback standing, then worry about giving him some targets to throw to. And just run the ball, too. God damn. They need, they need to run the ball for him.
0: Why? Wow, you didn't like rec- giving Rex Burkhead uh, yeah. 12 touches a game?
1: Uh, all the boys that wonder in the chat, F- by the way, are saying F in the chat for Ray for not knowing that phrase.
2: Word
0: <laughs> all right, uh, we can move on from Houston. Uh, so we're moving on to Jacksonville, they have the number one pick again. Um, after last year, taking Trevor Lawrence, someone overall, the season did not go as planned with Urban Meyer, he is gone. Uh, Doug Peterson is now in as the head coach. Uh, Jacksonville has 12 picks. Um, but six of them are in the sixth and seventh round. Um, So we'll see if maybe they package a few of those up and try to move up uh, maybe into those mid tier rounds. Um, This is another team that also needs almost everything Um, edge being the number one um, concern for this team. They need some linebacker help. They need some interior defensive line. They need some offensive, interior offensive line. Um, They could also use some safety help for sure. Um, some key losses for them. Miles Jack, Andrew Norwell, DJ Chark, AJ Kan, Taven Bryan. Um, and then I'm about to go on this long list of ads. I might need to take a deep breath. <sighs> Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff, Fayol Okun, Darius Williams, Fully Fodkasi, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, just to name a few. Um, so, Dean, give it to me. We all expect Aiden Hutchinson to go number one um, with yeah, that on the block table.
1: Glock that, that mad early, and you guys were all
0: talking shit. With just needs to be said. Oh, the, the number one overall player going
1: number one overall. Yeah, you guys were told me crazy for <laughs> glocking it in months ago. And then it was it was set in stone after Cam Robinson. Just because you it. and you just guys still you, you guys still call me crazy.
2: Just because you did something that turned out to look good doesn't mean you knew what the fuck you were talking about. Does it even listen, look like my, even glo- look
1: my good Glocks are they... on like a my are on like a 20% hit rate? So when I hit it, I'm gonna I'm gonna gloat about it. So not 20?
2: 20? Not twenty percent. That Peter Jan Lock was the worst thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Twenty? That,
1: that was a Glock. That that's insanity.
2: That was, that's it when you know that what you say like fucking avoid. Like when you say that shit, like you, I want to punch you in the goddamn face. I
1: right, fuck out of here. Let me let me go on about the Jags though, because there's a lot to say about them. You know, they had an absolutely roller coaster 2021 season after all the you know all the urban shenanigans that started in the off season. And his treatment of players, and it continued all the way until he was, you know, grinding on a a, a girl like a college chick, craziness. And he's obviously a, a woman. School. A girl, yes, a woman. <laughs> I apologize, no disrespect to the ladies. That that's all on Ray's corner. But uh, it continued into the 2022 off season. It really did. I thought they started off crazy, crazy strong. You know, they got Dougie Boy. They tagged tackle Cam Robinson, kind of showing sure up left and right side with Taylor on the uh, on the opposite side. And then, to, you know, that obviously gave them freedom to take, in my opinion, by far, not by far, but definitely a, a tier of his own. The best player in this draft and Aiden Hutchinson and a huge need for them, kind of two birds, one stone. Then they sprinted out of the gates just an hour into the NFL tampering period and locked down all-pro guard Brent Scherf, uh, obviously awesome to do for their for their. Jesus freak, you know that they're, they're young, they're young quarterback that they need to make sure is standing upright and healthy. To be frank, though, they they should have stopped there and let my four year old nephew kind of take over. Uh, I, that's putting it lightly. I don't know how else to say it because for some reason they decided to pay an absolute king's ransom for four fantasy football bench players to catch the ball for Trevor Lawrence. I have no fucking idea why they made sure he's going to have all the time in the world, and then they gave him legit me you us three and someone else I don't even know um, and that include obviously 21 mil to christian Kirk which is just blasphemous it's absolutely bonkers there's no way of justifying it i don't care if he goes for a thousand yards this year it did not count it does not matter <laughs> uh the roller coaster continued with some good signings at some questionable prices uh like Alokun and uh Kasi, as you said Fatukasi is the boy. respect uh but luckily they have 12 picks in the draft and after Aiden, I guess I love, uh, you know, this is going to be another team that's draft good players. This whole, almost this whole, you know, this whole division. Uh, I love some safety help for them. I love a Daxton Hill with their first, the first pick in the second. And in the third, this is laughable because I still think they need a pass catcher. Uh, they do. Uh, Evan Ingram is not a tight end. So they need a tight end and they need, and he doesn't catch the ball. So they need another, they need a tight end and someone to catch the ball who, they paid someone 10 million to do and he's not going to do it. So, and then in the third, I love like David Bell or Trey McBride. Uh, David Bell isn't going to be the flashiest, but he works just like a tight end in the sense that he can be a security blanket for Trevor. And obviously Trey McBride is, is pretty consensus number one overall tight end. So that, that's what I'd like to do for them in the draft.
0: Yeah. Ray, What do you think about the Jacksonville situation?
2: Yeah, they're uh they're kind of tricky because they don't they have so many picks loaded on that day three. I feel like that's kind of the position where you can go like just throw fucking darts at some of those uh positions where like it's deep in, throw some darts at a wide receiver, uh throw some darts at some of the tight ends out there, maybe get some D tackle help there. So, you know, those positions that aren't like maybe the most highly valuable. And then early on, Hutchinson's going one, like we said. Uh I think they have to they still need a they need some cornerback help too. I think I, I really do. Um, someone like Kyler Gordon, like we said, could be good there. Um, I'm trying to think who like Booth. I know he just had surgery. Booth I falls think Booth
0: there. It fits, fits really well. I think in he would really awesome. good.
2: But they like they also need some uh, linebacker help too. So I don't know if they want to address. I don't think either of those uh, top two guys are probably going to fall to the top of the second. I would love Christian Harris for them personally. I think it's a really. Uh, Fluid uh, replacement for Miles Jack. I feel like they're t- same type of player, but uh, if you're looking at day three, you can look for uh,
1: what the hell. I just, I just feel like they got other holes there. What, what happened?
2: I don't know. My computer just bugged.
1: Uh, oh, okay, no, you're good. We still hear you, but uh, I, I just feel like there's too many holes. You know, they just gave Alokun, I forgot. I think north of thirteen million dollars mm-hmm. a year. Um, probably even a little bit more to be that replacement for Miles Jack. So I, I just feel like they would need to allocate that elsewhere. They can't get yeah, it.
0: Their, their moves That's were true. so weird. Cause like they like let like good players go to replace them with like similar players and the, then they overpaid them. Like, yeah. Didn't really make sense. Like what they did in the off season. Like I like what they were trying to do, like going after big areas of need and trying to help out, Lawrence, but like, I just think they went about it in the wrong way. Um, obviously uh, we didn't mention Travis Etienne, who was out the entire, the entirety of last season, who was there for a first round pick for them last year. will be back and obviously has good rapport with Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see how they use him. They were planning to use him similar to similarly to a wide receiver. And I think he will get a lot of slot touches next year. So hopefully he can be a dynamic player for them. And then what the hell do they do with Lavishka Chenault? They've been floating that out that they're trading him. I don't know what the fuck you can get back for him now, but it's another player that they've just completely misused because I do think he is a good player and has value on a good team. Um, and could be a obviously not Debo, but a Debo-esque kind of player in a in a similar scheme. Um, I would love him for the Jets, honestly, and be our Debo. That'd be That'd be fantastic. Um, But a really interesting situation for the Jags. Hopefully, uh, for their sake, they're not picking at number one next year or else uh, somebody else might be getting fired. Who knows? But cool. All right, so that was our division preview of the AFC South. So now we are going to move into our interior offensive linemen. Um, We're going in alphabetical order. Fellas will run through each guy, and then at the end, we will go through the fellas' top five. So we're going to start at the top with Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M, and we got Ray here talking about Green. Ray, what do you like about Kenyon Green?
2: I mean, first I want to start off, I don't know how Dean assigned me to his boy Kenyon Green. Right. He really threw I me should. off. I do like reread it's it just because like he wanted time. he wanted, to, he wanted yeah. to talk about Linder. Yeah, I of course. To, I needed
1: yeah. Linder bomb. <laughs> <Yeah. to, laughs>
2: that's why I figured. But was, sorry I, about that. I was very surprised. Um, but back to Green. I mean, he played left tackle as a junior. He's definitely. I know Dean says he thinks he has like the ability to be like a swing. I see him more inside, definitely. I think I've even seen some people project saying he can maybe kick inside the center, even, which is uh, pretty intriguing. But uh, guard is where I see him most uh five star recruit coming out of high school which is i always love to see sort of fabs it's just like i think it just shows that they've been highly ta- they've been highly talented high- highly regarded at every level they've been at um uh more technically though i really do think he's a he's a solid prospect i think he's a lock to go round 1 uh he's got really really good uh nice strong punch and he i think he does really good hand placement and he uh gets inside a lot and he's a bully in the uh in the run game, which I really love. Uh, he didn't test too well though, and it was something I noted on uh like when I was watching his tape that I was like, oh, he looks a little slow. I'm curious how he tests. And when I was looking up, he ran in like a, a five to four. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal for um offensive linemen. Like you don't want to read too much into it. But I don't know his numbers just weren't as good. Like I'm just looking at them now. 20 reps on the bench is like eh for a lineman. 26 inch vertical, 102 inch broad, it's just a little bit of lack of uh, explosiveness, I guess. That kind of tells you, which is a little could be a little concerning, but I think he'd be really good for the Titans at 26. I think that's a really good fit where he can start immediately and just do what he does best.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was one of my honestly one of my favorite tapes to evaluate of all the offensive linemen. Um, I know you said that. The numbers in his combine weren't great. But when you watch him, um, definitely doesn't start up top. It starts down below. Hey. Um, mm-hmm. But this guy's legs are fucking amazing. Like when he gets set in his stance and he's engaged, he doesn't give up ground ever. And he's always moving forward. He's mo- always moving to the second level, um, which I love. And like you said, the the strong hands, um, I think this guy is just, as solid as they come, and he's going to make a team really happy in the in the late first round. I think this guy's a steal in the 20s, honestly. Maybe not um, – maybe he won't be an all-pro, but this guy is going to be a solid, solid, solid 10-year starter automatically. Uh, Dean, I know this is your boy too. I, I know we've always uh, agreed on Kenny, but uh, tell me what you like about Kenny Green.
1: Yeah, no, Kenny can- – Kenny's a beast. Uh, loved his tape. He was one of the first tapes I uh, watched, actually, when we started this podcast and we started this process. And that was indicative in our first first mock draft, obviously. Nothing. I mean, I, I I virtually saw no flaws. I, I just thought, and I kind of think it all starts at that base. He's a guy. I mean, he's six four, but I saw very, very rarely he'd not have leverage and him not be the low guy, which gets me aroused. And then he also has the power in the run game, which, you know, Ray already said, love him. And I think that, I, I mean, I said it earlier on in the process that his absolute floor is 23 to the Cardinals, but I could definitely see him getting a little bit past that. And I agree to the Titans would be a dream for them.
2: He reminds me, I know he, I just see a lot of similarities between him and Barrett Tucker. I think he's a little bit, uh, so much. I I, I know it's an easy. That is explosive. Just like left, yeah, just a left tackle, kicking inside the guard, and like you said, definitely not an explosive, and uh, probably as much of a natural athlete, but I do see a lot of comparisons which with their technique and, uh, like, punch, like I was saying.
0: I love it. Uh, so we're going to move on to Ray's boy now, but we're going to have Dean start. We got Zion Johnson at uh, of Boston College. Dean, talk to me about Zion.
1: Yeah, no, he's a beast. He has great length. He's an athletic freak for 6'3", 314. And he amassed both experience in guard and tackle uh, at BC. I believe it was, well, he had over 2,300 snaps. He had over 2,300 snaps, which you love to see. And thanks to the senior bowl, he, Zion has been a massive, massive riser during the draft process. He's someone who is more touted at the, back end of the second and now he's I see him as high as going to 14 to the to the Ravens which is a great fit that would even be cool to see but uh, and down in down in Mobile it's good to even talk about the fact that the Jets staff had him down playing center and he looked fairly comfortable you know he's a dude who could theoretic, theoretically play anywhere on the O-line and teams fucking lose their minds for guys with that kind of versatility and you pair that with his NFL readiness, which thanks to the pro style offense that BC uses, he has. And yeah, I see why he's, I mean, a pretty consensus top three, top three, interior alignment in this draft. And a lot of guy, a lot of guys have him sneaking into number one in that list. And I see why.
0: Yeah. Right. Talk to me about your boy.
2: Yeah, no, I, I love him. Um, I when I first watched his tape, I was like, this guy's. There's no way this guy makes it out of the first round, and I still, uh, I still tend to believe that. I think he's gonna go before Kenyon Green. I think the versatility is a lot to do with it. Like Dean said, uh, left tackle, left guard, right guard, I believe, and now they're even trying to kick him inside the center. But there's really not much he does bad. He's strong as an ox. He's really a really good anchor that holds up against power, and he can move really, really well and like in a run blocking, like wide zone scheme. Still wouldn't be pissed if the Jets got him, but I think it's obviously unlikely now. Uh, but yeah, I think he's gonna be
0: probably I think he's could be a potential pro baller. Cool. Uh so our next player we're looking at is Darren Kennard, the offensive lineman from Kentucky, Ray. I know this in our back in our first episode, our first mock, this is a player that you mocked in the first round. Um, but talked a lot of shit about him. Yeah. <laughs> um so tell me tell me what you like tell me what you don't like about darren canard
2: yeah i mean like when you talk about what you like i mean he's a really good uh tackle in the sec and he's very big and very powerful 6'5, 345. um and he's a, a just a menace in the run game in that kentucky scheme he's nasty and he's a violent finisher but some of the flaws though, with him i just I I don't know if it's it's because the Jets run this wide zone scheme now. I just have an internal bias to people, to like linemen who can like move and get to the second level. And it's just not something he's really that good at. Um, He gets, I feel like his pad level can get a little high and people get inside on him and that can cause him to lose some reps. But um, at the end of the day, someone's going to love the versatility between tackle and guard. And just the success he had in the SEC. Like, it, people aren't going to ignore that. I don't see, he's not going to add day two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Dean, you got anything more to add?
1: Uh, not really. I think he, uh, hit it on the head. He definitely is not someone I tout for his lateral agility. And that's kind of why he's, going to be projected as a guard for I think all three of us, even though he played a lot of tackle and a decent amount of, you know, draft out analysts have him still lifted as listed as a tackle. I think it showed at the senior bowl that his talents are hundred percent better used inside, regardless of his 35 and five eighths arms. Uh, I don't, again, I don't really care about that. He he's, he's going to be a guard in the NFL.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think he gets. I think he gets eaten alive, honestly, by some of these quicker, uh, these quick edge rushers in the NFL. If he's playing yeah, tackles, he getting, so he got uh, beasted
1: by Majai Sanders a few times. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what so I was thinking he, of. And he came in at two. He came in at two twenty five. I think at two twenty eight. And he just zoomed around him like th- two or three times. It, w- it was not a good look. All right. So the next guy we're going
0: to. Dean's boy and the consensus, number one interior offensive lineman, Tyra Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa. Dean, should I like check out earplugs if you're going to talk nasty to me right now or uh, or
1: what's I going might on? I, I'm going to try really, really, really hard to keep this as clean as possible considering he's an extremely clean, pro-ready prospect. You like that, Ray?
0: Little double entendre.
1: Yeah, that was off the cusp too. But for those who can't see my uh, my Zoom name for the night, as I change it every night, is Linderbaum singlet. I'll get into that later. <laughs> but if you don't know, that is that is uh, what wrestlers wear. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's extremely extremely clean prospect, and it's this is one of the easiest positions to pro- to project at the next level, in my opinion. I don't think that's widely contested. So. I uh, don't be shocked. And I, I almost want to Glock this. If he's just a top 10 center in football out of the gate, I really don't give a fuck. I, I, I've been saying since the beginning, I, I love him. He's again, another guy. I, I watched a lot of, I went back into his tape, I think two or three times again, uh, since the first time His wrestling background is a plus AKA the, uh, the singlet. And uh, he needs to be said, he bodied, Tristan Wirfs in high school. And that was a guy I had as tackle one that year. And uh, safe to say, I think I hit on that. And he had a wrestling background and I noted that as a plus. So I'm just going to stick with it. He plays mean and is extremely, extremely quick out of his stance, virtually no flaws at all. And lastly, if you really want to, you know, nitpick at him, lastly, he plays in the big 10. AKA the trench warfare conference. So I could give a fuck less that he's under 300 and what his arm length is. He's tried and tested. He's ready to fucking go and he's ready to snap some necks in the NFL. This guy just gets me so aroused. I can't, I might have to go into the other room for a minute.
0: Snap some necks a little violent. Yeah. Dean six to midnight after that. Um, But I, I'm with you. Definitely the cleanest uh, offensive line prospect that we've had. And possibly in the last few years, Um, that arm length and, being under 300 pounds is definitely nitpicky because uh, all you got to do is turn on the tape and see how great this guy is, Ray. You agree? Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I know it's nitpicky, but it is like, I mean, it's, yeah, you got you to talk about it just because it is so rare to see someone playing that position come in that size. But I think like Dean said, the wrestling background, I think it definitely sh- shows in his ability to just move people at will. So I think he'll be fine, but just I think it's gonna the size plus the uh, position value. I'll say may cause him to fall a little bit, like more people than people uh, think. I mean, look at Creed Humphrey last year.
0: Yeah. All right. So the next guy we're looking at is Dylan Parham, the offensive lineman from Memphis, a guy who played linebacker and tight end in high school and made the jump to offensive line. Uh, So Ray, talk to me about Parham. Uh, I'm a really big fan of this guy. When I was watching him,
2: uh, I know he got like, I feel like he had the, um, the stigma around, like not really stigma, just like reputation went up before I watched like, oh, he's gonna be a zone guy, like the whole tight end linebacker thing. I, I just assumed he'd be a little bit more like uh, quick and just like having to use angles more to, to win, but he had a really, really strong base from what I saw that, that actually surprised me. Uh, I think he's going to be able to hold up against power a lot better than I thought. And, but he also moves really, really well as well, too. Uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a little mini Zion Johnson. I mean, not as clean of a prospect, not as good, but very similar. I know, I think the Jets tried him inside at center as well in the, during the senior bowl. Um, I re- I, I'm i a big fan, to be honest with you. I, I think he's probably going to go day two and I th- wouldn't be surprised if he's starting immediately in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean... This is a four-year starter and a guy who's blocked for a lot of good NFL running backs: Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Gibson, Kenneth Gainwell. All have come out of that program, and he's been a starter there on that offensive line all that time. Um, so I, I, really like this player too, Dean. I don't know how much you've, uh, you've watched upon Parham, but talk to me about uh anything you like.
1: I feel like, just like I, I feel like I want to. Hold on to that until we get to top five.
0: That's fair possible. enough. All right, let's keep it moving, then. Uh, next one, next guy we got is Sean Ryan from UCLA. Dean, you're up here. Talk to me about the UCLA prospect.
1: Actually, I didn't know this about him, but he's a former number one overall uh, offensive line recruit coming out of high school. And when I watched this tape, it definitely reminded me why. Uh, for being six five. You know, Ryan is almost always I would say I don't have stats. I wish I had stats on this because I would say per clip, I would probably say he's the low man more than almost any guard prospect in this draft. Um, If you want to talk percentages, low man knees, always wins. Yeah. And low man only wins. And he's 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 six five. Uh, I found that to be very fascinating. His knees are bent like a motherfucker. He's 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 pushing out right fucking right angles at all times over there. I love it. And he establishes a a great base and he can even explode to open up holes in the run game. So as many others, you know, Ryan shows flaws uh, when his pad level is too high. But again, this is something that's rare, in my opinion, I saw. But when he does, he almost it's almost a death sentence for him. He gets absolutely pummeled if he's standing up with with the guy eye to eye or they're a little bit under him. But again, it's something that he has refined in his game and you see it. And I, I, I like him a lot as well. I'm gonna save some more for when we get to top five.
0: Cool. Ray, you got anything to add for my for our boy? Yeah, um I would just say that I, I feel like out of
2: all these guys, I'm almost most confident saying that he has that swing tackle ability just based on his uh his tape and also one other thing just for someone who ran a five two five uh 40 and who's listed at six five three twenty one, i wasn't expecting him to look like he's like a fleet of foot but he very he surprised me he was um a lot quicker than i expected when i watched when i was watching him on tape and then uh one last thing before we get over him espn had him ranked the 14th offensive tackle in the class not number one so <laughs> I just thought Love of that, that. I just went um, back checking and like I was surprised. I was like, oh. real? Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Then I looked and it's just not true. No, no, no.
1: I think he, I think he was, um, maybe his junior year. Not coming out. I apologize. I, I apologize meant- if I said that.
0: Yeah. No worries. Ray, I know you mentioned that swing tackle possibility. Um, I can't remember. I feel like his arm length was, uh, 32, it's up 33.
1: 32 was, and 8th, an I think. All right. Um, 32 and so, 30 Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, it was in California. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't I kind of just sir. saw half the tidbit and just went with it. My bad. I apologize.
0: Love it. Um, but getting back to that arm length, I think that's the only uh area of concern for him, possibly being a swing tackle. But, you know, teams always need that versatility. I think he'll be a really good guard. Um, the next guy we're looking at is Jamari Saler uh, from Georgia and Ray. What do you like about the Georgia prospect?
2: I mean, I think like this is kind of the same trend we've been going with the whole uh, the whole app. I think that his probably his best trait has got to be his versatility. He started everywhere on the line for uh, Georgia. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure about center, but I, th- I think I he did play get some snaps at center. Uh, he's when but when you see him like I know he played left tackle this year. This guy's a guard. Like This boy is dumb thick. This guy's got a dumper on him he is, he is built just kick him inside um i think he's gonna be more of a developmental piece if i do say so i don't think he's gonna be ready to start right away um he lacks some athletics athleticism he's a little stiff in his movements, so i think it's kind of gonna limit the uh the type of scheme he can uh play in but he's i mean he's he's a big dude he's got long arms so i know like that versatility He maybe he can get if like go kick out the tackle in a pinch but Uh, I see him more as a day three pick and just get some depth and someone who's versatile and can
0: uh, be a good depth piece for an offensive line. I'm with you. I think we can move on there from there too. Um, So we'll get to our last guy. We got Cole Strange, um, the offensive lineman from Chattanooga. is a guy that if you look him up, you don't get a ton of game film. Uh, So you got to take what scouts are using. You got to take what you saw at the senior bowl. A guy who performed really well at the senior bowl. Um, and a guy who had McShay has as his third ranked, uh, as his third ranked guard, I believe. Um, so Dean, talk to me about Cole Strange because not a lot of people know about
1: him. Yeah, I could be dead wrong, but I, I think he's a little bonkers on that. And he's a 24 year old uh, with only about 1100 snaps at the college level. That is less than half than almost every prospect we just spoke of. And for a guy who played at Chattanooga, I think that counts as a negative, in my opinion. Uh, I know that he has inward versatility and he's scary athletic. I I don't know how many times I saw people, you know, say that he's like the seventh or eighth most athletic guard to ever be tested, like ever. And and since the beginning of the NFL, uh, I mean, yeah, I love him as a developmental guy, but... I, I, you know, I can't properly project him in my opinion. So I, I you know, I'll, I again, he won't be in my top five, but I'll, I'll let Ray speak on it.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Ray, I, you got anything? I'm a big Cole strange guy to be honest with you. Uh, the Chattanooga thing scared me, but I mean, you turn on the tape, he's played Kentucky and he's looks like he's probably the best player on the field. Um, my favorite part about him is just, he's, this guy is one of the most, I I'll say excuse no, I'll say he's the most violent finisher, I think. Uh, maybe maybe behind Linderbaum, but he the guy finishes every play, every running play in particular, just hard as hell, like shoving people into the dirt. Um, he's got really good. He's he's also a lot taller than I thought. He's six five. I thought he's gonna be like a little shorter. I don't know why. I don't know if maybe it was just uh, the Senior Bowl tape I saw, but uh, he's got really good uh anchor. And what I liked a lot is that on those one on ones in the Senior Bowl, he may have lost the first rep occasionally to some of these big guys, but he always came back to the second rep and uh. He fought strong. I think coaches are gonna love that, and uh, I see him as a probably. I think he solidifies himself as a day two pick. I think teams are gonna love the uh, the run blocking right away and just the toughness he breaks the line.
0: I agree. Definitely uh, needs to clean up some stuff with his hands and his feet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get a little out of whack and they're a
1: little separated. Yeah, uh, the uh, lack in of experience. In the the in lack of experience a hundred percent shows. But I do, I do just want to also say before we move on, it's not that I do not like him as a prospect at all. I, I, I 100% do. I'm very intrigued by it. I just think that people are coming out and being a little too crazy with it. He's one of the overreactions of the draft in my opinion. I just feel like you, know, you can't even put him, uh, I, I don't have you know Kennard high and I feel like it's to draft him over Kennard is, is not in my in my opinion not the right move but I still like him a lot. But, I don't know. I mean, I think I, it, I, it I was really good. You. He's not going to make it out of day two because people are just going to be obsessed with, you know, the, the pro bowl stuff. And yes, he is a very violent finisher. I just,
2: I mean, I, I don't just, know. I, th- I just need th- to see more. I think it's tough to say that. Like, cause I think like in the jets case, I don't even think Knard's going to be on their board. And I think uh, Cole strange is probably going to be pretty high. Fine
0: to guess. I just, yeah. I mean, being at the senior bowl for him was obviously big getting in that, that real competition and not being labeled a lower tier mid mid-level uh, school, but they've played some good teams and he's held up and he did play really well in the, in the senior bowl too. Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's overreaction from, from scouts and GMs talking about this guy. Um, but I think he's done enough as, as a red shirt senior. I mean, I think he's got enough film for them to watch and, for them to make a, a good decision. Oh, believe him. me, I'm
1: sure they have a ton of stuff that they can watch. It's just we definitely can't. I mean, we'll see what happens, but like I think he's gonna start it right away too. I don't
0: I I, I could see I could see no, him going over.
1: I, I mean, I, I see s- I see him lose with his hands and 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 leverage from what I saw. And uh, I
2: think when he squares guys that's just up, ex- that's just
1: experience issues. I, I think that he can be a starter fairly quick, but it's gonna take a year or two, in my opinion.
2: I think when I think when he gets his hands like on the inside and squares defenders up, I think he, I don't. It's hard to see him lose reps when he does that. I think he does a really good job. Um, I don't know. I think I really like him as a player, to be honest with you. I think yeah, yeah.
0: it'll be interesting because I mean, honestly, I would definitely pencil him in in the draft ahead of Kennard, and I think he has a chance of going ahead of Ryan and Barm too. I'm not sure if he's gonna go ahead of Kennard. Let me just clear
2: that up. I'm just saying, me personally, like I, I mean, we'll get to it, but yeah i don't know i think he does we'll see though i think that tackle versatility for Kernard, um and just the sec competition is just gonna be i think a lot of like win now teams are gonna uh, cover that a little bit
0: more personally true all right a couple other guys we didn't mention ed ingram spencer buford luke fortner and cam jerky jergens love that fucking guy uh, a lot of people
2: talk about him uh really highly right now
0: big big time increase uh Apparently, he just absolutely murdered the interviews. Like every team is fucking in love with this guy. I love that. Um, I actually did watch his tape for a little bit. He's a good player. I also really like Luke Fortner. Uh, When I was trying to watch Kennard, I kept coming back to Fortner because that guy's a good, That is guy's a really, really solid player. Maybe a day three pick, but he'll be in a rotation, could be a starter. Um, But cool. So let's get to the fellas top five. Who wants to go first?
2: Uh, I'll start. All right, well, give then. it to me, Ray. Uh, five, I got Dylan uh, Parham. I think he's like I said before. I think he's going to come in and beat compete for a job right away. I think he probably will start. Uh, I think I love the guard center versatility and just the experience he has. Uh, four, I've Cole Strange. As I just mentioned, I see him as a day two pick, immediate starter, and just an absolute monster in the run game. Uh, three, got Dean's boy Kenny Green. Really solid tape, really strong hands, and just – I think he's going to be a first-round pick. Zion Johnson, number two. uh, I see him as a potential pro baller in the future, uh, captain of the offensive line, and just got versatility to go play all over. And then one, Linderbaum. Like Dean says, I think he steps in, and he's probably a top seven uh, center right away. Sweet.
1: Dean, give me your top five. Love it. Uh, So – I'll make this quick. I feel like from Parham, Kennard, Ryan and strange, I see them to be very, very close. So because of that, uh, the differences in rank for me is going to be very, very simple. It's just versatility. I think five, I got Ryan for that outside versatility out of UCLA. I really see, you know, rainy day. I I love people going to love him as a depth piece. if, you know, behind that tackle and guard spot. Then I got Parham at four, inward versatility. I project him even more as a center, in my opinion, and I could definitely see him doing so. Three, I got Ray's boy, Zion Johnson. Doesn't mean I don't love him. I really do. I just love this guy more. Kenyon Green, number two. And then number one out of Iowa, my boy Linderbaum. And hopefully I'm fucking tight on him like a singlet one day.
2: <laughs>
0: hopefully uh i mean there have been some rumblings that he, he might fall around too
1: so uh keep Man, your eyes open at i just want to say open at 35. i just want to say there is less than zero percent chance that happens. yeah i don't I'll do that. something don't... crazy if that happens i heard mcshay say or or uh mcshay i think i wasn't sure if it was him or Kuiper say five to ten percent and then someone else said five to ten percent i don't know why that percents being thrown around, but as blasphemous, he will not, he, there's no shot. He falls out of the first round.
0: People, I mean, it's
1: teams, five to 10%. It's not that much. I know, but team saw the huge mistake they made with Creed and he would be, if in a redraft, he'd be a top 15 pick easily. And I mean, when I watch, when I watch Linderbaum's tape, it's just, I don't see how it doesn't translate to exactly that. They know what they're going to get. I, I just, to slam dunk pick. He's not going to fall out of the first.
0: Sorry, Dean. I'm just holding out hope for
1: the Jets. Jeez. I fucking want him more than anything. If I take up, him at ten. I don't even. I care
0: I, I honestly could see them taking him at ten. So, um,
1: um, bust. That remains
0: to be seen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd talk myself into it eventually, but I would have some some dark things to say. Um. All right, cool, fellas. Appreciate that. So, that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed our AFC South division preview and the interior offensive line rankings. Come back next week. We will be live again on Twitch at 9 p.m. Wednesday. um, So, make sure you check us out. If not, we will be on Spotify and Apple Pods, as always. Next week, we got the NFC South, and we're taking a look at the interior defensive linemen, a a group that has a lot of studs. Um, So, come back for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Between Two Tackles with the number two and stick with us as we go through the 2022 offseason. Fellas, appreciate you as always.
2: Yep. Pleasure. Peace. Peace.